Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. America and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where this weekend some dramatic news broke out, both on the cancel culture censorship front and the Russia scandal front. I want to get you caught up to all of that in a second. We've got some nice exclusives at Just the News that I think you want to know about, want to share them with you. Uh, But before we get to that, first I want to uh, let you know who we're going to have on air today. It's Congressman Devin Nunes, the former House Intelligence Committee chairman the California Republican and somebody who's been warning of the moment we now find ourselves in for quite some time. He was one of the first cancel culture targets when Democrats tried to pretend that his report on Russia, his efforts to uh, investigate unmasking were bogus conspiracy theories. He was called everything under the book, subjected to an ethics investigation, cleared. And of course, we now know from the declassified documents we've gotten in the last couple of years, including those from President Trump just before he left office, that Devin Nunes was 100% right, 100% vindicated. But he was one of the early cancel culture uh, victims. He was libeled by the media. He was, um, uh, his report was attacked with false and malicious lies uh, by Democrats, and it's taken him two, three years to prove himself right. We're going to have him on because I think he has some really interesting ideas about what conservatives, Republicans, those who are worried about the cancel culture, the censorship, the deplatforming going on in America, what they can do. He also has some pretty strong thoughts about one of the stories that we wrote about this weekend, and that is a growing number of the appointees that Joe Biden is putting in his White House have ties to prior scandals, the Clinton email scandal, the Benghazi tragedy, the Russia collusion bogus narrative. And uh, let me just throw a couple of these out there because uh, you're going to be well aware of them. Victoria Nuland, she was a top State Department official, had a relationship with Christopher Steele. In fact, it was kind of Christopher Steele's entree into the Biden administration, she and, uh, I'm sorry, the Obama and Biden administration, she uh, and, and a colleague named Jonathan Weiner were his primary point of contacts at the um, State Department. Uh, they end up, the State Department ends up forwarding some of Steele's uh, information to the FBI. It turns out to be wrong, of course, as we know it. Well, Victoria Nuland, uh, despite her ties to Christopher Steele, her advocacy for Christopher Steele, her entree point to Christopher Steele, she just was named Under Secretary of State, number three or four official below um, uh, the Secretary of State, uh, Tony Blinken, at, 
inside the Biden administration. That's one person, right? Now, Jake Sullivan, probably the most prolific user of Hillary Clinton's email, uh, the forwarder or recipient of several classified emails on the insecure server. He's the national security advisor for Joe Biden. Uh, let's go to former national security advisor for Barack Obama, Susan Rice. Well, she had her finger in a couple of scandals. She was the person as UN ambassador who wrongly claimed that the Benghazi tragedy was caused by an anti-Muslim videotape. We now know it was a terror attack. And we know at the time Susan Rice said those words, blaming the videotape, that it already was known that it was a terror attack from an al-Qaeda fringe group in Libya. Later, she wrote the famous memo on the last few hours in office when Barack Obama was leaving and Donald Trump was coming in, where she writes that President Obama told us to do everything by the book on the Russia collusion investigation. Odd memo to write in your last few hours in office. A lot of people have questioned whether that was to cover for all the embarrassing revelations about the failures of the Russia collusion investigation that we now know so dearly. Well, she she is now the domestic policy advisor for Joe Biden, very influential in the Biden White House. She clearly didn't pay a penalty for her past uh, mistakes in the in the public realm. And then my favorite one, because it just happened, <clears throat> and it's one that Devin Nunes himself has been concerned about, is Melissa Hodgman. She was just named the top Securities and Exchange Commission enforcement official, acting chief of the SEC Enforcement Division. Very prestigious job. She's been there 12 years, worked her way up through the career staff, but she has one remarkable connection. She is the wife of, you got it, Peter Strzok, the fired FBI agent, the guy who supervised Crossfire Hurricane, who has been blamed for much of the FBI's significant failures in the Operation Crossfire Hurricane, the Russia collusion probe. Uh, on all of these people show up in the Biden administration and many others that I haven't mentioned. Uh, it's got Republicans taking note. We're going to talk to Devin Nunes about that dynamic, what he thinks about it, what worries him about it, what it means for accountability in Washington in the 21st century. <clears throat> Important stuff. Now, pivoting to a couple of other really important stories. Uh, I wrote a story over the weekend, a growing number of Republicans who uh, have supported uh, impeachment or have called into question President Trump's election challenges. Well, they're starting to feel the wrath of voters. They're feeling the wrath of the establishment. Uh, this weekend, South Carolina Republican Tom Rice, he's a House uh, member, he was formally censured by the South Carolina Republican Party for his impeachment vote, uh, described as a betrayal by the party. <clears throat> He's not alone. You, we know the blowback that's occurring in Wyoming with uh, Liz Cheney, the number three uh, House official who now has uh, facing a, an election challenge. Matt Gates was out there trying to get her defeated. Uh, not alone. Uh, Radam, Rep. Adam Kinzinger, uh, Republican from Illinois, moderate Republican from Illinois, he uh, was on television yesterday saying he has been shunned and ostracized because of his vote and fears he may lose his seat to a challenge. A lot of uh, John Thune, the Republican senator from South Dakota, who has called into question President Trump's election challenges. Uh, he's facing a Facebook led uh, private Facebook group led thing called Primary John Thune in 2022. Yes, Republicans, pro-Trump Republicans want to challenge him and knock him out. You know Mitt Romney is on that list as well as many others. Uh, the blowback 
for defying President Trump is real in the Republican Party, from censure to ostracization to uh, uh, primary challenges. Those who dared to cross Donald Trump are now beginning to feel the political consequences of that. That's a dynamic we're going to chronicle and keep an eye on all throughout the um, next year. Now, a couple other things. We want to get to cancel culture and censorship. We, uh, My good colleague, uh, Daniel Payne, went through the Twitter feeds of several liberals <clears throat> who strongly advocated for violence or violent outcomes or supported the violent protests that raged across our cities from Portland to Washington, D.C., Chicago to Austin and all the other places where we saw it. And uh, guess what? Amazon doesn't plan to deplatform Twitter like it did Parler, even though many of these tweets um, are still uh, residing on Twitter, have not been taken down. Uh, uh, it's pretty remarkable uh, development. Amazon confirmed that they have no plan to deplatform or punish Twitter for having some of the similar sentiments expressed on it by liberals that a parlor was accused of tolerating on there. So you can check that out. My good colleague Daniel Payne has that up. And finally, before we get to Devin Nunez, and I really want to spend the time with him and get most of our time dedicated to him, we have another development that was not uh, paid much attention to in the mainstream media, but the official oversight board for Facebook has reversed a decision to remove a post that touted hydroxychloroquine as a COVID-19 treatment. The board found that the social media giant's misinformation and imminent harm rule is too vague, and it recommended the platform consolidate and clarify its standards on health mis misinformation in one place. And in so doing, they reversed uh, a, uh, a takedown of a hydroxychloroquine uh, chloroquine post. Important developments, important all-around uh, developments that need to be watched. And uh, there is now the blowback both against those who have gone after Trump, those who are censoring. There's beginning to be consequences. We're chronicling them at justthenews.com every day. And right after this commercial break, we're going to come back and talk about it with Congressman Devin Nunez of California, the former House Intelligence Committee chairman, the ranking Republican on that very important committee today. But first, let's go to that com uh, commercial break. When we come back, Devin Nunez live on John Solomon Reports. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest. He's been on this show many times. We're so grateful every time he comes on. Congressman Devin Nunez, welcome back to the show. Hey, John, great to be with you. It is great to be with you. First, I want to start with something that happened last week that uh, even stunned me, I think, and most of the observers at the um, that have followed the Russia case, and that is the sentencing of Kevin Kleinsmith and the fact that he got probation, basically a slap on the hand for knowingly and willfully 
changing a document, deceiving the court. What's your take on that? How, how disappointed were you? Well, really, it's not even disappointment as much as it is just shock. Uh, this is someone who clearly the inspector general found guilty, had recommended uh, that he be prosecuted. Durham, uh, he eventually admitted to Durham. He pled guilty. This is a no-brainer. And I think what's even more shocking about it is the judge in the case is the lead on the FISA court. Right. And yeah, so judge Mosberg. Yeah, so for the judge to simply just dismiss this out of hand, uh, and it goes back to Judge Collier, who was the presiding judge before, who stepped down in December. This person was appointed. You know, Collier essentially fabricated stories, too, because she claimed, oh, my God, there's a gambling in Casablanca, when for years <laughs> House and Senate Republicans had, had warned her specifically, the Supreme Court, it was kicked to her, great point. that there was already fraud at the FISA court. So you would think the new presiding judge with somebody who pled guilty would not be making excuses. And I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, um, so it's not going to be an exact quote, but something like uh, along the lines that this poor guy, he's been in a hurricane of press stories and he's lost his job, blah, blah, blah. Look, I, I, I'm sorry. Like, this is just – it just shows uh, you know, a, a real problem here. I don't think you're going to find a Republican that's going to support this FISA court ever again. Yeah, well, that's the danger some, here. There might be some Republicans who support it, right. but very few. And the issue is not – I mean, look, I, I, I believe that in this process it's been a 40-year process. I think there were some you know, challenges after 9-11. They, they updated some of the uh, pieces of how the law works. Uh, but now when you get the presiding judge making excuses for somebody who admitted a crime of lying to the court itself, right. when you have all of these other characters – you know, from Roger Stone, et cetera, that were involved in this, caught up in this Russia hoax, um, that you know got the you know got the book thrown at them. Uh, it's just the, the, the whole thing just reeks. Uh, you know, the American people and people in my district, the people that I represent, say, look, you know, sorry, I, I want liberty. <laughs> I want liberty. You know, I, I understand the safety issue. I understand national security issues, but. Sorry, like I don't want my family or my friends or my neighbors or our local police force to go before a, a, a FISA court like this that, you know, somebody gets caught up in something and you have the top FBI lawyers who can just make stuff up. And then later the presiding judge comes out and says, oh, poor guy, poor guy. Look, my my constituents are saying, look, no, we don't want it. Sorry. Sorry, Devin. Like, you know, look, you've been a you've been a, you've been a strong supporter of uh, on intelligence matters and national security. We get it. But no, we're not. You guys in D.C., all you all you swamp creatures, and this judge and the D.C. you know core of the precise. No, we're we're done. Wow, we're done with it. Wow, that's I think a... that's what people are. I think that's what people are. You know, the the average guy on the street. Uh, that's what they're saying. Yeah, that's a dynamic we have to watch because obviously the, there have been vices that have solved very important cases and protected the country. But the way this Russia case went from top to bottom, I mean, you have Mike, you have Mike Flynn who has a bad memory and even tells him it, I, he has a bad memory in his FBI interview, right? And they ring him up on a felony. And then this guy knowingly and willfully changes a document to change its meaning to hide or to continue a lie that, that goes all the way back to August of 2016, right? Because that's the first time the CIA sent a notice over to the Crossfire Hurricane team saying, hey, Carter Page is one of our guys. So a year later, he's trying to sustain the lie, and he basically gets a, we're really sorry you lost your job speech. <laughs> it was it was really yeah. remarkable. Yeah, no. And you also, and, 
and John, you also can't look at this in a vacuum either Great about point. just one specific instance that occurred in 2016 right. where it was just like a minor, like a minor mistake. Right. All of these dirty cops, including people at DOJ, and I'm sorry, I think even high-level officials that are still there today at the FBI and DOJ knew this was a fraud from the very beginning, or they knew it was a fraud at the point that they got they got into the FBI or DOJ, got right into the cases. It's really tough for us to believe out here that you know we, you'd have to be a moron to believe that this guy just made an, an innocent mistake and yeah. all these other people just made innocent no mistakes chance. and they didn't know because the facts show otherwise. I mean, the evidence that you've unearthed just recently, you know, you can go you, you can go down the list of actual documents, the evidence that was withheld from Congress. If anything, all of these guys got to be strung up, not just for lying to the court, but lying and obstructing the congressional investigation. Yeah. Uh, because all of those documents that have now come out here in the last, uh, you know, the last uh, few months, uh, pretty clear that, you know, those were important documents that were under subpoena by me as chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. Those documents should have been in our possession no later than the end of 2017, which when we put out in 2018, we already knew there was fraud on the court in 18 or in 17 without this information. Imagine had they given that information to us in 17 when they were supposed to. In 2018, when we came out and exposed this, and then don't forget, we were mocked. We said we were going to destroy national security by high-level officials right now, right? So so we're old enough to remember all this. We're not forgetting. (laughs) My constituents aren't forgetting. So when, when they look at the upper echelons of the DOJ or the FBI and this this attorney uh, that, that lied to the court, and now the judge that's presiding, the judge that feels sorry for this guy, you know, they just look around and say, "Look, you think we're stupid? We all know what you're doing. Yeah. You're all just." And I'm 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 kind of paraphrasing what people say. You guys are all. It's a joke. Yeah. The judge ruled. You guys all went out for cocktails. It's people like were actually telling me. Yeah, people were telling me that in my district. Wow. Like we're not stupid. We're not stupid. We know what you guys all did. They're all buddies. Wow. Like, they're not stupid. They look at a map. The, the, the District of Columbia. I mean, these people all live, you know, a couple miles from each other, if that. Yeah. And, and they're like, so... they're like, oh, what did what did this judge? I, mean, I had a, a guy tell me, oh, what did this lawyer do? Buy a buy this crooked judge a, a, a steak dinner and a and a, a five hundred dollar bottle mm. of wine, and they're drinking cognac, laughing uh, about it. Yeah. That's what real people in America are saying. Yeah, they... And they're telling me as their elected official. You know, and even though I'm the one who's unearthed a lot of this with our investigative team and our, right. and our members on the House Intelligence Committee, they're, they're telling me, like, we don't want to hear it, Devin. We know what you guys are doing. Yep. You know, they, they actually question, am I buddies with all these people? You know, I'm getting the question, do I know this judge? Do I know wow. this lawyer? Are that these guys intensity. all like, like this, is, this looks like it's all cooked? Yeah. No, and that's, that's the problem. And that's these what I hear all across the, the country when I travel or hear from people. It's crazy. Yep. It's a yeah. common theme out there. So let's extend this a little further, not to alienate your constituents any more than they probably have already feel alienated by the by the swamp. But uh, several of the uh, key players in the scandals past, Clinton email, uh, Benghazi in Russia, are all landing back in the administration. You've got Victoria Newland, who was a Christopher Steele friend at the State Department. You've got Peter Strzok's wife landing a job at the SEC Chief of Enforcement, at least in an acting position. You've got um, uh, Jake Sullivan, probably the most prolific user 
of the uh, unco- of the un- insecure Clinton email scandal. And then, of course, you've got Susan Rice, who crosses from all the way from there was a videotape that caused this Benghazi uh, tragedy, which we know wasn't true, to uh, the f- last email she writes in the Biden admi- Obama administration is don't. Uh, we did everything by the book, which if you write that as your last thing, you're probably tipping off people yeah. that you didn't do by the book. What do you think about the fact that the gang's all back and there's no consequence that people's careers advance despite the misconduct? Well, that goes to what I'm hearing on the street from my, the people that I represent in Congress from the San Joaquin Valley of California. Right. This is exactly what I'm hearing. And look, I, I, I think the most notable ones of these are, you, you mentioned several of them, but but you know you have a few of those who were actually in on it. We have proof, and I don't mean proof that we have some secret document. Right. We have Sitting their public open. statements. Yeah. We have public statements that they were making to the press in 2016 that had to have come from the Steele dossier. Yeah. So, so, so you have half of America out here that voted for the Republicans uh, for Congress and for President and Senate who are going. They're, they're laughing at this like they're you know, they don't Such know whether to laugh point. or cry or get ticked off. But 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 they know it. They know all these people are there. They know that it was all a lie. It's out there for the open. And if you had and people are beginning to understand now what I think I've been saying now for quite a while, I used to joke that it was 90 percent of the press is is uh, working for the Democratic Party. It's probably uh, somewhere above 95 percent. Wow. And then when you push that news. Uh, through the social media filters, John, it gets up to about 99.9%. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I have to now go because I don't have a social media platform that I trust, and I'm not going to use Google. I have to actually have just the news in my favorite list so I can click directly onto you to, to your site in wow. order to read your stories. Yeah, because there's so much filtering going on. I'm not going to get that on Facebook. Yeah. I'm no, not going right. to get it on Facebook, John. Yep. I'm not going to get it on Twitter. So as long as... You know, oh, I, I should say at least rumbles up, but you know, of course, that's only video. Right, it doesn't have the actual news story. Right, yeah, Rumble's been a great partner of ours and yours. I know, uh, and it's great because it, it doesn't do the censorship or dishonest manipulation of the the search results. Yeah, this is a real. When you take a look at the sum total of what you just laid out, which really is a crux of a very big problem that affects half of this nation, right? Half of this nation is upset about the things you just mentioned. Uh, what are the solutions that Republicans have at their power? I mean, obviously, you're in the minority in all the at the White House, in the uh, Senate, in the in the House. What is mm-hmm. the option? Is it taking back the election in 2022? Is it uh, helping to build alternative platforms? What What are you doing? Because you're a doer. You like you, not only did you unravel the Russia case, you, you you're always doing something to be constructive. What does what does Congressman Devin Nunes and what does the Republican Party at large need to do to start to reverse these trends? Well, the, fir- the, the first issue is we have to get back up with a social media platform that's not biased. Right. So that's first and foremost. You, know, you can't win a battle for ideas just like you can't win uh, an actual warfare uh, without a way to communicate with your constituency. So right now you have a lot of you know people are just up there on Facebook and and Googling things and you know they're just getting fed you know constant garbage right it right. starts at you know the, the schools the universities we talked about ninety five plus percent of the content so then you you develop a base of of people in this country who don't know really the, the facts because they're not getting the actual truth uh, with real news they're getting fabricated news 
then it runs through these social media web uh, filters. And then so you've got 99.9% of the information out there. It's tough for you have to be to want to find the facts in this country. You have to do what I was saying earlier, you have to actually have websites that you trust that you go to and you have to bookmark them old-fashioned like we're back in the 1990s with netscape <laughs> yeah yes you have to you have to absolutely bookmark and remark yeah. them as favorites that's that's exactly right and if you look at uh you know and, and then i laugh because you have the fake news uh apparatus out there in the democrats saying domestic terrorism and the social media companies right. are are causing all these problems and it's like uh, look, if you really believe there's all these domestic terrorists, uh, probably what you ought to do is not send these all these domestic terrorists, i.e. Republicans, to the dark corners of the ghettos on the World Wide Web to where if we all are terrorists, maybe the FBI and these people might want to know. They might want to discover this. Yeah. Uh, and the way to discover it would be to have platforms that people can go on to and look at. Right. Such like, a great point. If, if I go on to to Twitter, I mean, this is I mean, there's actually, you know, this has happened in the past. Sure. Where I mean, as a matter of fact, it happens a lot of times when you have people that are having some personal issues. Right. Facebook, Twitter, you know, people, friends of those people will go on there and say, hey, you know, Something's hey, John, right. you know, let me, you know, hey, here's a number. Call this number or whatever. Yep. Things of that nature. But right. What they're doing now, if, if you really believe that we're all domestic terrorists, well, now you're sending us to the ghettos. Right. We can't find not. I'm sorry, John, I'm not calling just the news. Yeah, ghetto, but I know but what you, you mean. Yeah, but we don't have. Any, yeah, there's no neighborhood. <laughs> there's no. Right. Yeah. No community. I mean, it'd be a lot better if 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 John Solomon is putting out fake news there. I mean, it probably would be good to put it, you know, let John Solomon put it out. Yeah. Let let other reporters, uh, let politicians, yeah. let people in the public. Go out there and accuse John Solomon of things, but they've done this before, by the way, John. Yeah, I'm, I'm painfully uh, aware. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then let a debate happen out there on the yeah. out there on the web. That's and then the if, scary if, part. If the domestic terrorists are there, guess what? Yeah, you'll find them. Right, everybody will find them and they'll report them in. If 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 if, if somebody's if somebody's going to go, you know, drop a pipe bomb by the Republican National Committee and they put it on a, a story that you wrote, right? Well, it'll be there for people to find. Find out, yeah. Well, I think about what what was accomplished, you know, back in um, March, May, March, uh, beginning March of 2017, when you dug in and started doing some amazing work as House Intelligence Committee Chairman, and then your report in 2018, and the reporting Sarah and I did, and Sean did, and others did, and if at least back then, at least Twitter and Facebook were allowing those stories to to get out and for people to get informed, and that's how millions and millions of people finally got it. But if they had shut down what they've done today. Back then, I'm not sure we would have got the Russia story out. We would have been completely canceled. And I, which, I, which by the way, that's the Obama knows that. That's what he said after 2016. He yep. He's the one. Him and Zuckerberg are the ones that blamed fake news. They were the. Yeah. It wasn't Donald Trump that started tweeting about fake news. Nope. Started it with the Democrats. It was Obama and company yeah. who said the only reason Hillary Clinton lost was because of fake news. Yeah. Okay. Now, and these are the same people who've never stopped perpetuating the the myth and the lie that they created themselves that Trump and Republicans are somehow Putin Russian uh, agents. Right. I mean you had Hillary Clinton just say that the other day she again. Yeah. I mean this is this is a person I'm not trying to be mean but you paid for this stuff lady. You knew about it. You yes, hit you it. Did. You lied hundreds of times. Yeah. And you're still out in public making these statements that Trump is a Russian agent? Like, 
you need some help. And all the other <laughs> blue checkers and all the yeah. and all the fake news media apparatus, I mean, they ought to be calling her out and saying, look, lady, yeah. you lost to Trump. You made up this lie. You paid for this lie. You perpetuated this lie. And here you are on January you know, of 2021 when there's a new president elected of your party. And you're still out there talking about that, that Trump and Republicans must be under the influence of Russia. It's... I mean, look, the only the only in all just, I know I'm rambling no. here a little bit, John. But the funny thing is about the about this whole Russia stuff and, and Putin being Putin, Putin's puppet. Yep. I mean, we know the Bidens and all their problems with uh, with China and Hunter Biden and, right. you know, all of that. I mean, that, that's real news. I mean, that, that really happened. It's been covered up. But let's also talk about Russia for a second. The first move that's made by Biden on day one is an executive order to do what? To, to kill tens of thousands of jobs, both in the U.S. and in Canada, right. to shut down a pipeline to move energy supplies across the United States. Now, that if Donald Trump had done that, that would be evidence that, wow, yeah, he was trying Putin to help you. Gets all of his money. Putin makes his money from what? Yeah. Oil and gas. What does Putin not want? He does not want U.S. energy supplies entering the EU, Europe. Yeah. So if the shoe was on the other foot, you would actually have evidence. I mean, Biden is clearly they called collusion. Helping Putin. They would have, yeah. Clearly helping Putin. I mean, it's it's clear when you now look. He may be doing it for a radical environmental agenda. I, I don't know, but the result of it, the yep. winner, the net effect. Yep. So the ultimate winner, when energy is not put on the market and we're not exporting, we don't have the ability to export energy to our allies in the European Union, the winner is Vladimir Putin. Yeah, You can't make this up. And the American people are the loser because their gas prices are going to go up and also pollution is going to go up. <laughs> Here's the funny thing. You're going to have more tanker trucks moving oil around out of the pipeline to shut. It's counterintuitive. And, and the worst, and John, and just to, and just to put an explanation point on it, the worst part about it all, 99.9% of all the stories that are out there on the net right now, they're not talking about. That. No, they're not. Nope, they're most most the Americans don't even know that Biden's first move was to support Putin and kill tens of thousands of jobs in the Midwest. Yep. They don't know it. They don't know don't what know. happened. It's crazy. Well, that's why the alternative platform is so important. I want to take you to one story that has evolved since the last time we talked. Obviously, the Capitol tragedy is shaking everyone. It's a horrible thing. There are a lot of people that are culpable for it. But the idea that the president's rhetoric incited it now increasingly falls apart when you look at these indictments and what the FBI has been saying in the courts. The pipe bombs were planted a night uh, in advance. The Proud Boys and others were uh, coordinating the attacks and planning them as far back as November, certainly December, certainly January 1st. Uh, there's lots of communications talking about a plan uh, and many other elements. When you look back at that now as someone who watched the impeachment go by with almost no evidentiary support, no, no opportunity to evaluate the evidence, what should the American people take from the storyline that it, it, now that it's evolved so much? Well, look, what, what I want to know in all of this is, okay, there were – somebody should be able to get me an estimate. There's plenty of cameras. How many people went into the Capitol? Right. Okay? We still don't have that number. We don't. I'm assuming – I'm just guessing. I mean, I was there. I mean, I watched it, you know, uh, you know, watched all the footage and, right. uh, you know, at least live like other Americans uh, did. Um, you know, I'm guessing there was somewhere between 500 and 2,000 people that went into the Capitol that day. When you're doing an investigation, you want to know, okay, let's assess first 
how many people went in. Right. I don't have that number. 500 to 2,500 yeah, is not a three number. Weeks away. That's, a, that's, yeah. a, that's an educated guess by me watching television. Right. So somebody should be able to get within a few dozen how many actual people went into Enter. the Capitol that yeah. day. <laughs> Secondly, you didn't want to know who were the people that actually broke the windows and did the damage that right. busted through. Those people need to be prosecuted immediately, right, and right. find those out. And we should know that there should be a list of these people. I mean, it's, it's kind of like the stories when you, whenever there's a, uh, somebody who's a, a supposedly affiliated uh, with, with Republicans, that gets promoted by the fake news and, and sent out across the, the, the media apparatus and the social media sphere and the World Wide Web out there, right? But then when you get somebody who's affiliated with the left – that was in the Capitol that day. Right. That John Sullivan. Buried. Yeah, it does. It's buried. Nobody knows. It's just a mystery. John Sullivan. So that's uh, the type of stuff, yeah. kind of going back to what I talked about, you know, going back at the beginning of our conversation here, that my constituents are saying, look, is this a joke? Look, we know what, what happened in the Capitol was bad. We don't condone any of that. I mean, right. we're the law and order party. But don't tell us, Devin, that when – that if you're a left winger, you don't get busted, you don't get written about. All the right wingers get written about, and then don't think we're that stupid to know. We saw the protests in L.A. We saw cops get shot in broad daylight right. and assassinated in the head yeah. in Los Angeles. Right. Uh, we we saw the burning buildings in Portland and Seattle. We saw a new country in Seattle. Those are that's what happens when you actually get out and talk to the people. That's what they're saying. So all of this, like every step, the collapse of these institutions. Like, you know, somebody ought to just come out right now and say, you know, at one of these institutions, whether it be FBI or DOJ, and say, stop, enough is enough, okay? We're going to get to all, there's, there's 1,700 people or whatever the number is. We're going to find them all. We're going to put it all together. We're going to do an assessment. Until that time, Pelosi, Democrats, you're the ones responsible for your security. We gave you the intelligence. We had the intelligence ahead of time, John. That's Remember right. that, that that's there were so many problems that day at the Capitol. Yeah, they knew it was coming. So that's what real leadership of these institutions, if they're truly uh, nonpartisan, that's what they say to quiet the people down. Yep. They say, stop playing the politics. We're the FBI. Give us we're going to identify to the best degree we can. We're going to prosecute them all. We're going to relay this all to the American public. In the meantime, Pelosi, Democrats, don't accuse us of not giving you the intelligence. You're the ones who decided not to have additional help from the National Guard. You're the ones who decided, unprecedented, I must say, to not have proper fencing around the Capitol. Right. You know, I've been around for several inaugurations now, John. I'm old enough to remember uh, that every inauguration, you have multiple layers of fencing around yeah. that Capitol, and it takes months to put in place. It starts right after the election. It does. They begin yep. building the parade process. routes. They yeah. put it in the fencing. That didn't happen here. Okay, yeah. so that's what I expect a nonpartisan institution in this country to come out and say. That's how you build back trust with the man or woman on the street in places that are outside of the D.C. Beltway, Manhattan, or Hollywood, or San Francisco, or Seattle or Chaz, whatever you'd like to call it. Right. Let me ask you one last question. Uh, we know that the Capitol Police Board, which made up of the architects and, and the um, the two sergeant at arms, voted not to uh, take the extra National Guard two days before. 
Do you think that Nancy Pelosi is culpable for that decision? Do you think she was in the know about it? Well, ultimately, she's responsible. Okay, whether or not stops with her, her no matter staff, what. Yeah, whether or not her staff or her or her um, uh, sergeant of arms, you know, she's the mayor of the Capitol. It's right. a big responsibility. I mean, that's why that's why a lot of people don't want to don't want to have that job. Or if they have the Speaker of the House, you don't last long in that job because yep. it's a it's a tough job. It's you're a job. you're a babysitter. You're a mayor. You're managing police forces. You're doing you know all of these things. You're not mayor by. I'm just being. Um, yeah. You know, people uh, get me. You're mayor yeah. by kind of. You have to run the the, right. the, the complex. You're running right? the community. So it's, yeah. It, it's a it's a lot of responsibility. So so, if anybody was telling the truth, like you know, I would say, you know, if you go back in time, somebody would say she ought to be coming out and be be pushed on these questions. Who in your office knew, and when did they know it? Yep. Did you know it? And she ought to be out there saying, look, here's what happened. We, you know, we, we made a mistake. You know, we collectively as the Capitol Hill, you know, but yep, look, I can tell you this. Uh, Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy didn't tell Pelosi or the Sergeant of Arms, hey, no fences, uh, no National Guard. Right. Um, you know, you know, we, you know, I know what we would say is if we were given that intelligence and they came to us and said, hey, I'm a little worried about the security. Okay, which, by the way, Capitol Police did come to me that morning and say that, okay, right. which was you know two hours two before. hours before, right? They, they asked me if had I seen had I seen you know any of the intelligence and and I had just you know just a little bit through the news and and, right. and whatnot because I only deal with foreign foreign issues and there was no foreign nexus at that point uh, to the inauguration, uh, but the, but the Capitol Police were worried about this, right? I mean, so much so that they would come to me as the former chair of the House Intelligence Committee, top Republican, yep. say, "Hey, you know what's going on here." And I said, "Gosh, it doesn't, you know, doesn't doesn't sound good." And you know, but I hadn't at that point. I had no idea right. that they had asked for fencing. They had asked for additional uh, guards. Yeah. And and the the leadership. So it's become a vacuum, or it's a bottom. It's a it's a it, nobody knows what ha- something happened, but nobody knows the truth. Why? Because the press that the Democrats own are not asking the questions that a real press would do. And then, of course, if you say anything about it, John, if you yeah. do report the facts, good luck because yeah, you're chagrined uh, as supporting the violence. Yeah, well, well you're support, right. You're you're not going to get Facebook's going to take the post down, yeah. uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, you name it, they're going to take it all down. And then if you don't, if if a social media doesn't take it down, then Apple just deletes the app, so That's you can't right. even download the app. Yeah. Well, then if if then if you try to go to a website. Then what happens since Amazon owns a third of the servers in this country, they shut your servers down. Yep. And oh, by the way, if you go to another server company, Amazon, who works with all the server companies, goes to them and says, if you give XYZ company, in this case, I'm referring to Parler, right. uh, the social media app that was deleted. They say, if you do any business, we're going to cut you off, too. Wow. So this is unprecedented actions yeah. that are taking. Um, so you ask what I'm going to do. All I can do right now is use the platform that my constituents have given me, that my colleagues in Congress give me as the top Republican on the Intelligence Committee to go to places like your show and, and other outlets to give people the facts uh, and give people the solutions. Which right now, the only solution is we have to get our communication system uh, back up and going. Somehow we have to have a social media platform. Either one has to be built or the courts have to step in. Something has to happen here, uh, and that's step one. You can't, you can't 
compete in the battle of ideas as elected officials if 99.9% of the information is crap and garbage and I have, you know, you have no way to get your information out. That's fighting with both hands behind your back and your your feet tied too. It's just crazy. Well, we're so grateful that you are uh, talking to us and, and educating us. There's so much that we've learned today. Congressman, I want to thank you again, and we'll have you back on soon. I'm sure we're going to hear some new developments on the Russia uh, case not in the not-so-distant future, but thank you for all you do to inform our, our listeners and our readers at Just the News. Well, thanks a lot, John. Thanks a lot for having me. Have a good one, sir. All right, all folks, right. we're going to come back and wrap things up for the day right after this commercial break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Devin Nunez. Check out those headlines, Facebook, Twitter, blowback for um, uh, people who, uh, Republicans who supported Donald Trump's impeachment. And of course, uh, the growing number of scandal figures that are showing up back up revived in a Biden administration, all available at justthenews.com, as well as all the breaking news headlines that you've come to expect from us. We'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow, I've got another cancel culture uh, censorship story. It's a remarkable one. It's uh, with the small business group, Job Creators Network, Elaine Parker, their chief communications officer. Uh, it will tell us the story of how an organization with thir- that represents 30 million small businesses was taken off Twitter with no warning. And really, from what I can see from the documents, very little explanation of what it did wrong. You're going to want to check this out. It's a big story at justthenews.com. Uh, already we got that up. But if you uh, come back tomorrow on this podcast, we're going to talk to Elaine Parker, the inside story of how Job Creators Network, the small business lobby for Main Street America businesses, has been kicked off Twitter, suspended. Uh, A lot of vagary about what happened there. A really great cancel culture censorship story we're going to follow for you tomorrow. Until then, have a blessed night. May God bless you. And may God bless this great country as he always has, the United States of America. I'm John Solomon. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports at justthenews.com. (laughs) 